0: they are all now again the Irish in Sweden there may not be too many of them left above on the site in Luleå but there's bound to be one or two knocking around sweeping up after they're closing down there and all the boys above in Javla and beyond in Vesterås and in Örebro and all the way down to Gothenburg down south in Malmö didn't they have their own parade and all this year there's that many of them and of course of course the Irish in Stockholm and all points in between Jesus isn't a great to be talking to you all again. We survived it for the most part, lads. We got through St. Patrick's Day again, and I swear to God, I've never seen more events and things going on, and a buzz on LinkedIn, and on Facebook, and on Instagram, and stuff going on, and looking for Irish dancers, and a bit of music, and a few points and a bit of crack. I'll tell you something, this community is doing very well for itself altogether. There was me thinking after last Saturday's parade in Stockholm that I might get a few a few hours myself, maybe, possibly even a day off, but a long time since I had one of them no chance whatsoever we went straight from that uh, ...into the week of international football. Uh, Philip O'Connor here, obviously, if you've been listening for a while, you'll know that. Uh, if this is your first time, you're more than welcome along to the podcast. And those who have been listening for a while will know that I work a lot with sports journalism. So we went straight from St. Patrick's Day into the return of St. Zlatan... ...to the Swedish national soccer team. So sure, I was out there straight away, more or less, after the parade... ...and filming for various news agencies around the world because Zlatan had come back. And still, even at the age of 41, Jesus, you know, he's almost at the stage now... Where He'd be playing for the Golden Gales rather than the Stockholm Gales. But uh, he was a player in Stockholm and I was out there working. And then the, f- the game there was on Friday night. They played at the Friends Arena, lost 3 0 to Belgium. Saturday, I ended up commentating on two winter triathlons. Sunday, I ended up spending eight hours commentating on. On xander uh, fishing from Netherlands, lads, you do want for a few bobs, that's how it is in this sports business. And if you want to help out in the podcast business, error man in Stockholm uh, is on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash error man in Stockholm. If you want to contribute to the upkeep of the podcast, do you know what? We haven't given out the Swish number in a few weeks, we'll do that. If you want to use Swish, if you don't fancy getting tied up every month and thrown in a fiver, not much money, it costs you more to have a coffee and a bit of cake in Espresso House. But if you don't fancy that, that's Grand one two three two four two four one six six. Get into your Swish app on your phone there. One two three two four two four one six six, and that will go straight into the system. And my lovely accountant Julia at my business controller has it all set up there, so that all the taxes are paid and the VAT is taken off. And I won't go to prison for tax avoidance if you use that Swish number one two three two four two four one six six. Uh, our proud sponsors, as always, our good friends down in Verstrom's pub. You will have heard Martin Hessian last week And seen him on the YouTube uh, video that we did From the St. Patrick's Day The voices of the Irish community around the St. Patrick's Day Parade Martin has sponsored this podcast almost from the very beginning From the opening episodes. There, He's been very generous If you would like to get involved And the more the merrier to get involved Because it's taking more and more time to put these things Please do get in touch I'm going to be reaching out to a lot of the Irish businesses And Irish owned businesses now over the next while Because uh, I have to get around to making this sustainable It is now, let me see, Jesus, it's almost 10 o'clock on a Sunday night where I'm sitting here putting this together for you. And I was thinking to myself, will I take it handy? will I do it on Monday morning? Will I, will I, you know, maybe, maybe it'll do if it comes out on Tuesday. And I just, I can't let this down, boys and girls. I know there's a few people out there who love to get this. Claire King is famous for downloading at the moment it comes out at seven o'clock on a Monday morning. I don't know if she listens to it straight away, but I know she does often be in touch if she has any feedback fairly early on Monday morning. And I'm afraid of my life of Kevin Carroll going back to everybody in Urie and the surrounding areas and blackening my good name that I've built up over the years by telling people that I didn't have a podcast ready from on Monday morning and me after giving it to him for the last year or so. So, um, yeah, if you can help out at all in terms of sponsorship or that kind of thing, I would be absolutely delighted. I hope you enjoyed the podcast last week. We tried to do something a little bit different. So, myself and behind the camera was my daughter, Freya Lance O'Connor. She was the one doing the whole GoPro thing, following me around at the parade. I thought she did a great job, lads. She framed everything lovely and we stopped and we talked to loads of people, including St. Patrick himself. Uh, we talked to the ambassador, Austin Gormley, who you may have heard was saying that He's going to be moving on. He's got a great new job in South Africa. Uh, It'll be a great loss to our community. We've had some brilliant, brilliant diplomats uh, in recent years, and none have been better than Oster Gormley. He has been absolutely brilliant for us as a community, gotten behind us, brought us all together, sat us down, almost insisted we work together, and it's been absolutely fantastic. If you see where the parades and where everything was, etc., when he got here compared to where it is now, and he got here in the middle of a pandemic, I just think he's done magnificent work all together. And I know behind the scenes, and certainly with the Irish Chamber of Commerce, also very good sponsors and generous sponsors of this podcast and the work that I do uh, he's done fantastic work altogether. that's not to say that his replacement is going to do any less well I have an idea of who it is but he set a very very high for, bar for that person and you know what that's where it's supposed to be we're supposed to have a community that's this vibrant and this active and this supportive of one another we need sometimes an ambassador to help us and to lead us and to guide us in, the, in that way and to be able to liaise with that person then because they are the representative of our state there He's done magnificent work all together and no doubt you'll be hearing more from him and about him over the next few months as he comes to the end of his tenure. And we'll do a bit of an exit interview with him where he can reveal all about what's been going on in Ireland House down below there. Um, again, there's a few little bits of housekeeping now that we're talking about the embassy. And I know I did it myself the other day, right? Uh, I am in touch with the embassy about getting passports from my two daughters who were born and raised here. But of course, they're Irish citizens because I'm the Relfla and they're looking forward to getting their Irish passports. Bit of a process there. But if you're planning on doing that for this summer and traveling anywhere this summer, or if you're planning on going anywhere yourself, check the passport now, lads, right? They're really, really quick at the moment. Uh, they're doing great work altogether. You have a passport card now, a credit card sized passport that we can use to travel within the EU and the Schengen area. And it's a brilliant thing altogether. But if you leave it to the last minute, it may cause you a few problems. And there's one or two of you out there that I know will be familiar with this where you're standing there the night before, you're supposed to go to Orlanda or Sturup or whatever the airport is in Gothenburg. It's so long since I've been there, I can't remember what it's called. Landvetter, wasn't it? Landvetter. Uh, you think you're going there, and then all of a sudden you look at the passport and go, Jesus, that went out last Christmas or that at the end of that was the end of January that was gone right don't do that stress don't do the thing of trying to get an emergency passport and that kind of thing because it'll just turn your hair gray our wonderful staff at the embassy both in Stockholm and Copenhagen of course they'll do their best to assist you but there are a few hopeless cases lads me among them so uh, try to get out there so uh, when you're done listening to this podcast and when you're done signing up for patreon.com forward slash aeroman in Stockholm or swishing a few bob to the number I gave you earlier go check the expiry date on the passport right and it's all always the case that um, I have to input it every time I'm going anywhere in the world you know when you're checking into your flight now if you're going to America or even if you're going to Dublin you have to put in your passport number and you usually have to register the date of expiry as well I still can't remember if mine is 2025 or 2026 but I did put a note in the L calendar to ensure that I get it in time. We will try to get Dorian Burke from the embassy on uh, in the near future now because the tourist season is coming up more of which anon and we'll ask Dorian just to go through a little bit of the process and the alternatives that are open both to us and to the second generation our children living here in Sweden. Right this week is on the subject of tourism because uh, recently there just before St. Patrick's Day I took a we trip down below to Copenhagen because f- far and all as but like you know, the, the much and all as people would try to have you believe it, lads. Stockholm is not the centre of the Nordic region for absolutely everything. We have most things here. We have the five time Nordic Mid Gaelic football championships or champions on the men's side. We have plenty of women's championships to add to that pile for the Stockholm Gales. We also have some of the state agencies, but not all of them. No. Emer Macdermida is down below there in Copenhagen for Tourism Ireland. I know it's not in Sweden, but she covers the Swedish region. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to nip down there. I'm going to go around to New Haven. I'm going to sit down there and eat vastly overpriced fish before I go to meet her. It was lovely altogether, lads. If you're down in Copenhagen, give it a go. Uh, and I'm going to sit down with her for a chat about Tourism Ireland and the kind of work that they do in the Nordic region. Now... We often think to ourselves about things like Riverdance and you might see an ad in a newspaper, you might see an article in a newspaper where they've uh, organised a press trip. And I found it absolutely fascinating to sit down with Emer and to go through the kind of work that they do and as agile as they are in terms of reacting to news about Ireland and opportunities to really push Ireland as a tourist destination. And one of the things that we did come back to is that some of the greatest salespeople, some of the greatest marketeers that our country has is us right maybe not a closing time at three o'clock in the morning in the old dubliner or, or at one o'clock in the morning down below in beer right we may not convince everybody about, i really have to go to dublin it's great cracking all right no, try not to do that but when you're talking around the dinner table or at the fika table in work or around the water cooler or whatever you'll do a great job in selling in golf and culture and tourism and Donegal and sligo and galway and clare and tipperary and cork and everywhere else like that right so i went down there and i said i would have a chat with the bell to and sure here it is for your listening pleasure. Keep your ears pinned back lads I'll be back with a little bit of housekeeping when all this is over but for now Eamor Macdiermina Tourism Ireland down below in Copenhagen doing the best work she possibly can on behalf of the state. (laughs) Let's start. We're on our on our well. The, the podcast is on tour. You live here. Tell us where we are at the moment.
1: So lovely to be here. Uh, so we are in Copenhagen. We're just down the road from the iconic New and this is where the tourism office, uh, tourism Ireland office, is based.
0: Okay. Um. How many people are here, and what do you be doing all day?
1: <laughs> Loads of fun. So we have five of us here. Uh, we have a team of five, and we're, ba- we're all based here in Copenhagen, but we cover the whole Nordic region. And um, so we are travelling up and down to um, to Sweden. We work closely with the uh, with the embassy there. Um, so a little bit in terms of what we do, maybe? Want we'll like to chat around the, the team?
0: Why not? Let's get stuck into it.
1: Good stuff. So the team here, yes, yeah, so there's five of us. So we work across three different areas. So the first one is consumer marketing. So that's really just um, marketing Ireland as a tourism destination to the suites. Uh, so getting in front of them, whether it's digital, radio, just making sure that Ireland is top of mind um, and they encourage them to take a fantastic trip. Um, so that's the consumer side of it. So really anything to do with Ireland. um, we want to build on the buzz that, that that is there. So for example, our lovely banshees mm-hmm. of Sharon. Uh we will be doing a campaign around that. We've got behind the and behind the scenes with Colin and Brendan, so really just promoting any opportunity that we can to uh, to get Ireland on on the mind of the Swedes.
0: Can, can I pause you there, right? Yeah. Because this film kind of came out of nowhere, right? And it was yeah. one of those. Things. Do you kind of have to go, Jesus, we better get something going there now, now that everybody's talking about it? Yeah. And and <laughs> how sort of you know how difficult is it to react quickly in those situations? Because we all know sometimes state agencies they can take their time. A lot of people have to approve things like that. So was it very easy to do something around the banshees of Inishairn when you had the chance? Yeah.
1: Well, I think. Well, I know we say it comes out and over, but I'm sure there's been years, years <laughs> gone it, gone into it. And also, we at ha- Stories of Ireland, uh, we work closely with Screen Ireland, mm. so we kind of know when things are coming and kind of have a good idea of what might, uh, what might work for our audiences. So we had when they were um, filming, or afterwards, we had um, our team was there uh, working with working with them, getting behind the scenes footage mm. of them actually shooting. Because I think that's what people find really fascinating is like behind the scenes and where where it was shot. And it's 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 we. Kind of refer to it is a big part of our work. It's called screen tourism. Mm. So it really is. You know, there's stats there to say when people see something on TV, uh, similar to we have the Vikings um, on Netflix now. Yeah. So that was filmed in Wicklow. So um it's similar to that. People are interested behind the scenes. Uh, but I guess in terms of the, the speediness of it, we it's it's the, the catchphrase in tourism Ireland. We're always on. <laughs> so we are. You know, this one probably had a little bit. To be honest, a little bit more lead time than other things. So for example, um a number of years ago I think it, it was before my time now but Kim and Kanye honeymooned um, in Ireland oh, and crazy. we found out that morning and it was all action uh, to organise a piece around you know kind of where they were going and everything so it really is um, I know sometimes the state agencies maybe have a you know approvals and everything um, but it really is kind of always on and people I think people identify the really big opportunities um, so when it was launched and then we have a little bit of time so it was launched in, in cinemas here in, in January so we we're ready to go in January with uh, Behind the Scenes.
0: So that's the first aspect of it, is that's towards the consumers, right? Yeah. You mentioned there was two, is there two more?
1: Two more. So the second one is around publicity. Yep. Um, so obviously all the consumer marketing, it's, you know, it's on Facebook, we're targeting people, we're putting media spend behind it, we're reaching our audiences, whereas publicity is more based around journalists and media, working with newspapers, working with broadcast stations. So again, any opportunity we have to... Bring journalists to Ireland. We have we host lovely, lovely trips for them. Wow. Depending on, we will sometimes sell in stories. So similar to Banshees, we had journalists over there on Inishmore and um, Ackle Island. Absolutely devastated that the pub doesn't exist in real life. Oh.
0: <laughs> Oh, what a miss.
1: Heartbroken <laughs> <laughs> But obviously the gorgeous uh the gorgeous scenery that they had a ball. So we pitch stories sometimes and then sometimes we have a really good relationship. Des and Kaylee work on, on the team here in publicity. So we know all the all the journalists. If there's a particular angle that they want to focus on, we will organise a trip around that. Uh, and just to give you an idea, so we had um last year in 2022 nearly 300 articles across this is across the Nordics okay. um, just kind of showcasing all different parts of, of Ireland yeah.
0: yeah, I was actually part of one of those many years ago in Derry along with a guy called Pelle Bloom who's a former professional footballer turned yeah. journalist now editor actually works for a Swede who lives in Ireland and we went to Derry because I think it was the European City of Culture yes, maybe 10 yes, or 12 years ago yes, yes. and they, they set up and this is you know now obviously it sounds like I'm kissing your butt here <laughs> but Tourism Ireland <laughs> did an absolutely brilliant job of bringing us to places like you know Pelle how to speak a little bit of Irish, I, yeah. and I know he's been back there since you know, he's been to Torpy's Hurley's and that kind of thing. Yeah. And he, in turn, not only has he written articles and talked about Ireland and Swedish media to the point where I'm really turning the radio off, when <laughs> you know, so. but he has also brought back groups from where he's he lives in Urebro and that kind of thing. So they do. I always wondered if those things actually do have an effect. Would you reckon sort of 300 articles? Yeah, we had
1: 300 articles, both um, print on, and online, and yeah. uh, we also had a few not none in Sweden, but we had a few broadcast opportunities. So we had a uh, good morning, Norway over with us uh, talking about screen tourism and, and the Viking connections so we brought them yeah. on the Viking splash tour and Trinity College um, and that's massive that's a million people every morning in, in Norway yeah. so these things really really work and it's it's really about the relationships and getting them. what we find is once you get them over they're mad to come back so we have people who were visiting last year and then this year they're like oh we want to take this angle or we'd love to visit here so once we get them over it's really you know yourself it's an easy sell they've loads uh, of so oil money there back. as well in
0: Stavanger yeah. and Bergen and, and all that kind there what was the third sort of? So the leg third of the area stool? then is
1: what we call kind of the trade or the business partnerships. Yeah. So Marit heads up, up that area, and that's really working with people on the ground here. So working with tour operators um, who do maybe a, a seven day trip around Ireland, to making sure a that they're doing trips in Ireland. So we'll be chatting to them, you know, helping them where we can, and also helping. So if they do have a trip, that we help the marketing of it. Mm. Um, so part of that business partnership as well as with airline so obviously access is very important um, for our island. So it's working with airlines, promoting their route. So from Sweden, we have um, from Stockholm and Gothenburg. So working with working with the airlines to just, you know, again, give as much of a push as possible yeah. uh, and then another area and I know we've spoken about it in the last few weeks. So we bring Irish um, industry over. So we yeah. had um, 22 island of Ireland industry over so everything from hotels to um, experiences we had them over for a workshop uh, 2 weeks ago and then we bring 50 tour operators from around the nordics to meet with them and you know just make make connections and make um, business
0: yeah. How did that event go? Because I know you were really busy with that, right? And you never know until you actually put the people in the room what's going to happen, because certain things with tourism, right, it's very difficult because it's a hotel, it's a restaurant, you're going to see this, you're going to eat this. And there's only so many ways that you can present that. And we've been doing that for God knows how many years here. Was there any sort of wow moments in that? Is there anything we're doing new? For instance, like the Wild Atlantic Way, when when that became a thing, is there anything new going on like that now? Uh,
1: Well, I guess so the industry came up. They're amazing at at their jobs and um, really just selling the the experience you get on the ground. I know already we've got feedback that some of them are coming over on farm trips just because it's there's nothing like experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned in Derry there's nothing like experiencing it yourself. So we'll have tour operators going over, experiencing it on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we had at the workshop and we did it with Visit Britain as well, because a lot of the tour operators will be doing tours to Britain and tours to, to the island of Ireland. And um, so it made sense for the operators to to come in and, and meet with everyone. And in terms of new things, so um, you mentioned the Wild Atlantic Way which has been a massive success for us and also one in development is Ireland's Hidden Heartlands Um, so that's kind of one around the lakes and the beauty and the nature of it so that's kind of one that's starting as as well as Atlantic Way did start uh, a number of years ago.
0: I'm sure that's something that's very appealing. Um, you know, th- these are people in Denmark, Sweden, Norway who like to spend their time outdoors. Yeah. They're happy to go walk in the... Ra- I don't know what's wrong with them, but they'll walk <laughs> around with the rain <laughs> all day. Uh, do you find that they're a very sort of receptive audience for that kind of idea?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think even, even trips to Dublin, like the... They want a little bit of active, you know, either as walking or hiking. And um, I think I think the Nordic consumer was always into it. But I think after COVID as well, I think it's kind of more wider trend mm. that people want to a little bit of outdoor away from people uh, walking, hiking. We call, we call it the lingo we have soft soft so a soft adventure. adventure. Yeah, so soft adventure, So maybe some kayaking, a little walk, a little hike. But we call it so, so it's not hardcore. Hardcore But it's soft adventure So uh, I always have A little bit of a mix Of soft adventure Into into the itinerary Fantastic idea
0: (laughs) If we look at the, the, The numbers Right Yeah How many, how important is this market to tourism Ireland, right? Because when I was about 16, I worked in Jury's Hotel in Balls Bridge, which is, uh, it was one of the posher hotels in town at the time. And then it was literally, we are so dependent on the Americans. Like everybody come back here, and I'm Irish, of course you are, Chief. Get in there and give us your money kind of thing, you know. Um, is, Is the Nordic market something that is of, you know, of a serious importance? Is it seen as just nice to have and whatever you tend to conjure up here, we're delighted with it? How is it sort of strategically for you?
1: yeah so it's in terms of tourism market it's the seventh the joint seventh largest market so it is it's not up with the obviously, yeah, you're making it is. sound very big <laughs> <am I? Yes. laughs> joint seventh uh, so we had just given it in 2019 uh, and obviously the last few years have been a, a little bit tricky but in 2019 we had 256,000 visitors wow. from across the nordic so we had about 80,000 from sweden so in terms of our priorities denmark and sweden we would have the, the biggest um, visitor numbers from yeah uh, and they it was the Equivalent of one hundred and sixteen million um, euro um, value they brought, so they are a, a big player, I guess, in terms of the strategy. Um, so Ireland might not be the top of the list for for the Nordics, like you know, maybe in the states they have a big two week holiday and Mm -hmm. it's their holiday of the year whereas here we might be we're not going we're never going to be the sun holiday but we might be second or third city break Mm. which actually so our tourism strategy um is around regionality and seasonality Mm -hmm. so it's getting people outside dublin and getting them to explore further and also um, at different times of the year so what the nordic market really brings for um for tourism is those off peak seasons so Mm. the swedes are happy to travel between October and March and um, mm. we know like there's a festival in Dublin called Tradfest at the end of January oh, I know and, well. yeah. <laughs> and the boys' and music, yeah. it's a great experience and but again it's off-peak so it wouldn't appeal to everyone yeah. but we know that Nordic um, and a lot of Nordic people go to visit that you know they're happy the weather is not a big turnoff over the winter months so they definitely Cheers, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they definitely bring another dimension so all the different markets have have certain I guess USPs but we definitely see um, not so much on the regionality so they Love at uh, Dublin, love city break. So that's part of our role as well. It's like, uh, it's like encouraging them to explore a little bit further hmm. uh, in terms of regionality. So we have um, in tourism Ireland, we have a uh, twinning partnerships. Hmm. So every market that we that we are in have has a twin. Twin I guess region Uh uh, That they give a little bit extra more of a push to And we are the Boyne Valley So it's really just We know that Nordic visitors tend to stay around Dublin So even just pushing the the Boyne Valley A little bit more just to it's, it's not too far <laughs> it's not, I mean you've uh, reached yeah.
0: it In an hour or so From Dublin Right yeah. And there's there's great history Out there yeah, it's and it's amazing so many Older other things than the pyramids Older than the pyramids There you go I swear to God You've done your homework you know?
1: <laughs> Fact of the day and
0: um, the, the people who do Go over there Right 200 and odd thousand people mm. Almost a population of Malmo Who go over there And hopefully it'll be up To the population of Malmo By the time we've had This conversation
2: yes. <laughs>
0: uh, Who are they Are they You know Elflers like myself Who've loads of money Going <laughs> yes I'm going to Drink pints And I'm going to Drink whiskey And I'm going to Watch people dance and in, in <laughs> pubs, uh, are they, as you say, the soft adventurers who want to go and you know, go to yeah. Powers Court, Waterfall, or whatever? Who, who are they? Do you sort of go down through you know, the ABC ones or whatever the marketing categories yeah, are?
1: So, we would have, um, so in 2019, um, the 50 plus was uh, a key market, hmm. Um over half of them travel as a couple, so these are couples 50 plus. Now, we do think after COVID, we've we've kind of brought our targeting down a little bit to younger people, hmm. um but yes so it's 50 plus uh, again city breaks and um, they like the history the culture the people or well, a little bit of soft adventure um and yeah that's kind of the 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 core so they would be city breakers I guess mm. um, and then other There, it's funny and we get it at, at trade shows um, people are nervous about driving in Ireland on the other side of the road I can't so. imagine <laughs> why <laughs> so that's kind of a little bit of a blocker in terms of independent people coming over and exploring mm. a little more uh, there's challenges around car hire at the moment but also I think people are just a bit nervous about the other side of the yeah. road and the small um, and the small ro- roads in, in certain areas um, but also another kind of group are the people who go on on tours so on, yeah. on coach tours so they would be similar demographic um, but they stay a bit longer so yeah. their tours would be six to seven days
0: so I, uh, I was going to offer to make an information film for you in Swedish about you know, driving in Ireland but like, the <laughs> worst road range in the world there. <laughs> and the other thing is I was on some Boreen up around Fannad in Donegal one time I was like 80 kilometres an hour and I go it's barely a road like it's just gravel or whatever." You I know. know I
1: drove uh, last summer in a camper van and oh, a God camper on. van around, around Doolin and Clare we had some hairy moments uh, but it was amazing (laughs) my my
0: kids are always fascinated by the way you know you wave at people on the road they go do you know everybody no no but this is you know it's all about communication you know um are they wealthy people or is it just people who are you know really I suppose what I'm trying to ask is why do people go to Ireland is it the culture because some of them don't really seem to know a lot about it until they get there and then they get there they go wow yeah
1: Uh, I think it is it's the culture and the history but you're right in that that it might not be it, they might just see it as a nice city break. And then when they get there, they're like the culture, the history. Um, it is uh, our kind of target is ABC one. So we do see kind of um weller off people, kind of a bit older, maybe empty nesters, you know, coming for that mm-hmm. for that break. And uh, another thing that always surprises people is the food. I was going to say food and drink, but probably just the, the food is the surprise that mm-hmm. the food experience uh, across the island is absolutely amazing. And I think that that's something in research that comes out. They're like, oh, we you know, we don't we didn't our perception wasn't of amazing fresh food um, but that's something that you know the and that's why I think people kind of return uh, return visit and again return visitors are really important for us again like the journalists you've been once you want to come back and then potentially Explore a little further when they come back the second or third
0: time. Do you get annoyed when people come back and say, Yeah, the food is great and we didn't expect it to be? Because you think, <laughs> Okay, one thing is, Well, what's wrong with our food? And the other thing is, Maybe we should be pushing that more. Because, yeah. like you say, uh, there's so much, like if you take the Norwegians and farm salmon and everything else like that, there's loads of fresh stuff to be had. You know, if you yeah. go to Hoth, you'll get the best seafood in the world straight out of the sea, kind of yeah. thing. Are they, do th- does that then inspire you to find new ways of telling the story of Irish tourism and Irish food? Yeah,
1: for sure. So, that's something I don't get offended. (laughs) (laughs) I do. (laughs) But it is it's kind of like an added bonus and it's really good to, you know, hear these things because I guess Traditionally, you know, we wouldn't be known. I guess you know yeah. we're known for other things above food. But then, you know, there's obviously you know Michelin star restaurants now, and that definitely is something we kind of um, you know put through in our messaging. Mm. Um, so, for example, we we're actually working uh, just an idea, and it's kind of and another thing that's great in in Sweden is kind of being part of Team Ireland. So yeah. we were closely with the embassy, with Board B and Enterprise Ireland. And um, so next week we actually have. Um, an event with Borduria and the embassy here in in Copenhagen, and we're we'll bringing JP McMahon, who is um, a famous chef at home. We're bringing him over, and um, so he will kind of talk around really just that message of Ireland as of as a food destination. And um, it's not our key message, but it definitely is a big hook for for some people. Um, so yeah.
0: Um on that very subject, right? Two of the things that used to be really, really big. I remember Lingus for a while had a direct flight from Stockholm to Dublin. Yeah. And the first thing they did was they said, Your golf bag goes free, right? <laughs> and the other thing that struck me was years ago I was commentating on the Swedish pike fishing championships. Oh. <laughs> and all of a sudden my phone was exploding with lads I never knew. They were mad into fishing, you know. Are things are sports like golf and fishing, are they a big part of you know, groups that go over? People come to you go, How many golf courses can I play in a day? kind of thing. Yeah,
1: no, fishing is it's quite neat for us we, <laughs> yeah. we don't do as much for fishing but we do get the aquarian. and um, but golf is definitely particularly in sweden um, and denmark as well uh, golf is a, another kind of key audience for us so um yeah and it, uh, particularly over covid you know there's been massive uptake in golfers in in sweden and what's nice about um the kind of golf audience here is they're not all like really Um, they're not already top golfers that are looking for the tournament courses and Mm. it's really hard availability you know there's a lot of beginner golfers and so we really obviously can offer you know there's over 400 golf golf clubs in ireland we can offer something for everyone and so that's definitely an area and it's it's where we have our general area we also have a focus on on golf Mm. and i think we um as part of the the Ryder Cup in in a That's going to be that's it's a it's a really big hook for Ireland to get that golf message out. And mm. um, so we will have presence in Sweden at um. There's the made or the Scandinavian Mixed Golf Tour, mm-hmm. uh, part of the DP World Tour. So we'll have a presence there. We'll be bringing over golf partners. Um and last year we had one in uh, made in himmerland in denmark and it's just really um it's really great to chat to people it, it, again it's consumer facing chat to people people don't know that the Ryder cup's there in a few years and they a lot of them actually had already been to ireland and mm. um, so it is definitely kind of in terms of perception it's the place to go i think second to scotland maybe in in perception only <laughs> second to nobody in Bible, uh, it's really a, a go-to place for for golfers so uh, that's yeah again a key kind of a key area for us
0: do you have to sort of be a little bit sensitive to that then because somebody who's travelling over with a golf bag they're, they're going to need like you know a mini bus they're going to need somewhere to stay. I often say to people stay in the Midlands because you can drive to any golf course in yeah. an hour and a half kind of thing you know. Is that part of what you do then is you set up these things much as we sort of almost created the Wild Atlantic Way with this idea of Ireland's uh, hidden g- gems Ireland's, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Do, do you have to do that kind of thing? Go, okay well if we put them here and we find a hotel here we find these kinds of things. Is that part of what Tourism Ireland does? Yeah
1: so, par- so we were to work with a lot of partners on the ground then so <laughs> (laughs) we would work with partners who say um northwest coast links they and they will organize everything so really we're the facilitator we're not organizing things on the ground we also work closely with falch ireland our sister agency on the ground in terms of all that kind of and the itineraries and everything so really our remit is facilitating so getting the people in touch inspiring them to go and then handing them over to our partners who can do all the all the hard stuff. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I suppose
0: it's one of those things. Build it, and they will come. I've often oh, yeah. said that, like an average golf course in Ireland is so much better than even the premium golf courses here in Scandinavia. Mm. Just the experience. And then I don't know what it is if it's the air or the weather or what. They're just magnificent. And yeah. I'm a dreadful golfer <laughs> as well, you know. But it's still a great place to spend time. Um, when you do your your market research, because we often think that you know you just sort of you know put your mm. finger up in the air like that. That's not how it works. You know who you're targeting. Yeah. Um, How do they perceive Ireland as a tourist destination? Because I go back 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when I moved to Scandinavia, people didn't know the difference between Ireland and Britain, for instance. They told us the same thing. Does Ireland stick out now in their mind as a tourist destination?
1: Yeah, I think what we find in the research is it's it's on people's lists. So people know about it. People Mm. like the idea of it. People will always say, yeah, someday I want to visit. Mm. But our challenge is always getting it from, oh yeah, someday I might visit to like, this year it's a must see place. Mm. So it's really moving moving the dial. So, you know, it's 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 got an excellent perception across the Nordics. It's welcome, the culture, the history, the landscape. So it's all there. And our role really is to just make it this year. So mm. like things like um, you know, the lonely planet best in travel, you know, we'll really push that just to get it like top level batch in a year and anything that we have that can just be like, Oh yeah, I thought about that before. It's actually funny. I I uh I think it's similar to when I moved over here. Um, I was like, oh yeah, i moving to Copenhagen. And my friends and are like, oh, that's somewhere like, I know it's so cool. And I, you know, it's been mm. on the list. But now I have an excuse to go yeah. you're here. So I think, like, I think it's similar to that. It's like, it's lovely perception. People are big into it, want to go someday. And it's just like, okay, let's let's do this you've got to find trip. that thing that yeah, you makes gotta find them that thing. move and thought and like action. it could be like the screen tourism thing it could be the golf thing it could be just general um you know the landscapes they might see an award. it's anything like that that we can really hook on to and they're like oh yeah I, or i didn't know that and you know maybe i'll check this out whether it's the food uh, so we we have a program called paid content seeding so it's really just like that getting kind of this you know, the best train trips in Dublin, the best pubs in Dublin, something that will really talk to the consumers mm. um, and we can target that really specifically to to people. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of focusing on that hook. But overall, I think, you know, there's no issues in terms of the, the perception. It's just actually booking that flight.
0: Yeah, it's just getting them on the website <laughs> yeah. and doing that kind of thing, you know. Um, how important is it with people like Brendan Gleeson? Sierra Ronan Colin Farrell Bono for all his faults like because they are people that they go these are out of Westlife these these are Mm -hmm. you know things that they associate with Ireland do you find that when a movie like Banshees comes out or on Colleen Cure that all of a sudden there's a a heightened interest that that's the thing that makes them book the flight then
1: yeah potentially and we like Colin and Brendan are doing our job for us they're on all the chat shows (laughs) all across the world really doing doing the job for us obviously that is a, a, a extreme example of you know, they're, what they're chatting about on all these chats, uh, chat shows. Like I saw something only yesterday that Colin Farrell said his favorite place is Castletown Bear and yeah. um, that will be a massive spike for Castletown Bear. People will be Googling Castletown Bear. People are like, oh, where is this? So influential people like that really really do make a difference and we're actually launching our new campaign next week it's called fill your heart with ireland and it's kind of based around that idea so it's really and like i was saying earlier once people visit they they will come back so this is around kind of all around the advocacy piece so it's around uh, we've got some celebrities it's around people who visited what filled their heart with ireland um, and locals as well so we're launching that next week we're working with sharon horgan and dairy girls but also we'll be working with people who, you know, Swedes who visited, journalists, being really like, what, what filled your heart? Like, is it the landscapes? Is it the people? Is it the culture? Is it the food? Um, but that kind of, you know, you, you trust people when people when celebrities say it, when your mates say it, you know, you believe them and you're like, yeah, OK. Mm. Um, so that's kind of what our new our new campaign, which is launching next week is, is all around that, you know, really just getting to what is it that fills your heart with Ireland and mm. why? Why should we go?
0: I so said, why should I go and book that <laughs> ticket? <laughs> you know? it's, a, it's a fascinating... Um, <clears throat> the way modern marketing works, the way marketing in general works, it's fascinating mm-hmm. because... There's so many. F- it's so multifaceted, right? So one thing might be Brendan Gleeson sitting on Good Morning Norway, talking yeah. to a million people, and going, or you know, Colin Farrell going, go to a castle town yeah. Another thing is, uh, you know, these paid social media campaigns, etc., yeah. etc. Et now, th- I have to say, I, th- I have to admit to not understanding these things at all. <laughs> but are those things? Are you out on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, doing these things? And what do you see as a response? Because a lot of people don't realize that you want to be seeing, you know, uh, cost per click as one of the mm-hmm. metrics for one's how many people see these things at all how do you what do you do and how do you measure the success of that
1: yeah so there's a few things so say for this new campaign next week our measurement is really going to be you know so we'll be pushing out all these videos with celebrities with locals and pushing it out so it's it's paid for spend so it'll appear on your facebook feed and your instagram and what we're looking for ideally is that attention so it's like how long do they spend looking at the video (laughs) um you know, did they click through to the website? And really, all of these engage anything that shows us that they're engaged or they're interested that is our kind of key thing. Okay, right. the, they watched, if it's a 20 second video, they've watched 20 seconds. You're like, in today's world, 20 seconds. Is a lot, obviously, yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. So they are interested and we feel like we've done our job there. So there's loads in the digital space. There's loads of kind of different metrics like that. But we would focus on, yeah, so this campaign is all around, did we get their attention? Um, Another thing that we, shows us um, that they're interested is clicking through to our website. So Mm. we have uh, Ireland.com, we have a different um website for each market here in the Nordics so really and again looking into that being like oh what pages were they looking at how long did they spend there like just for example last week um, Peter had mentioned oh there was that, like an uptake on people looking for New Year's Eve in Dublin so we're like oh that's interesting you know maybe you know this is um kind of a trend. Let's hop on this. Let's make sure we're ready for New Year's festival next year. Um so there's loads of loads of data and kinda of analysis that goes behind behind the pretty pictures. It's it's different than what used it used to be like a 20 second TV ad and yeah. done. So it's a very different landscape now. So uh mm. but it's it's all good fun and it's uh yeah it's it's really rewarding to see, you know, okay, right. someone like liked that ad or they they read about this or they did that. So uh mm.
0: Yeah, Kind of reminds me of There's a newspaper Which will remain nameless Above in Stockholm And they have like It's like a, a stock ticker Up on the wall yeah. And the story that's getting Most read is at the top Right And the idea is Everybody's looking at that Going okay I re- need to read that Exactly <laughs> I, I, I need to, And I need to repeat that As being the journalist yeah. Kind of thing You know, um, Is that the level Do you sort of survey These things in real time Or do you say Do you know what We put out this campaign On Instagram I'm not going to look at it now Until you know In a week's time When it's over Or whatever Or do you actually sit there Going okay You know can we adjust it because we talk a lot of the time in marketing about a and b testing so yeah. you have two things that are slightly the same slightly, and yeah. one 20 second video might get better response than other 20 oh, yeah. seconds is, is that the level that you have to work at or are there other heads back in dublin who are going to do that for you <laughs> it's, a team effort. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a team effort so you so don't we... do anything
0: <laughs>
1: so we will be so we will be uh, yeah we'd be looking at we have we have a dashboard that yeah. shows us in real time who's clicking on what ad, who's looking at this, is this performing, what's the cost per click? So we would be very involved in every every day, every second day. It's just a uh, mild working. sense of panic <laughs> that goes through every day. Nobody's clicking on this. God and we damn. work with media partners as well. So between us, um, there's yeah. loads of people involved in getting things off the ground. But it is, it's not, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately, but it's uh, once, once the campaign's live, you're only just starting.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where the work begins. Yeah. Um, how important... Are Irish people themselves in Sweden, Denmark, Norway, Finland for what you do? Because, you know, I've said that, okay, you know, Austin Gormley above in Stockholm, they might call him the ambassador but Mm. we're all the assistants, you know, because we're out there sort of selling it in inverted commas as well. Do you find that people come to you and say, yeah, well, you know, I know this guy, I worked with this girl and they said, you know, you should go to Dublin or Castletown Bear. Is that a useful tool for you at all?
1: 100%. So, yeah, like you say, like every Irish person in the Nordics is a brand ambassador. Uh, Everyone will have experienced someone being like oh where should I go what should I do and again back to that advocacy piece when you say some when you know someone um, or you are familiar with someone and then they recommend somewhere like it means so much more than mm. um, sorry Facebook ads but it means so much more than seeing a Facebook yeah, ad yeah. Uh, so I mean it's key all the work that the um, the embassies do with, with the diaspora and really mm. just kind of that team Ireland and team Ireland is everyone mm. every Irish person or of Irish people who um, you know, may, might not be Irish, but have Irish connections or Irish friends, family. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely key to, to kind of what we do, and it makes our job easier. <laughs> yeah, well, some of
0: the key people in our communities here in the Nordic region are you know Swedes who fell in love with the Dubliners and yeah. that kind of thing, and they've been great advocates and ambassadors for yeah. it. You know, and um, just a very quick snapshot. What's the most effective social media for you as we're talking here in this early twenty twenty three? Is it still Facebook? Is it Instagram? Is it TikTok?
1: Yeah, so it's a bit. So our main kind and of where we get our audience as well, um, is probably Facebook Instagram and uh, YouTube is also good for us for it, videos. Yeah. yeah yeah so you'll see uh, some good engagement on YouTube uh, TikTok we're testing out um, it's obviously a newer platform a uh, bit yep. of a younger audience exactly we're all over the age of 14 yeah. so we've no idea what the fuck we're doing there. that used to be Facebook so we gotta be on these channels and we this gotta hit real. them 100% like that's the thing and
0: that, that's also that thing it's very very quick and it's very effective if it works kind yeah. of thing you know but it's still Facebook uh, Instagram and YouTube yeah. to, to a little extent it sounds to me like this is not something where you sit down at the end of a year last December and you go okay for 2023 we're going to do all this right? Um, where is the growth going to come from in Irish tourism? Can you even predict you know you mentioned about New Year's yeah, Eve and Dublin yeah. can you even predict where the growth is going to come from or is it that very sort of you know reactive thing listening to what the market wants and then packaging something and presenting it?
1: Yeah so we can see well there's kind of there's short term trends and then there's longer term trends so uh, for example we'll sit down at the at the beginning of the year and make, make Make a plan of things we know. Take hooks again, like mm. Valentine's Day. But well, that, that's Halloween. a bit like the
0: Mike Tyson thing, though. Everybody has a plan to yeah, get punched yeah. in the face. <laughs> exactly.
1: <like this>. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have a, 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 a framework. Uh, like Halloween is a big one for us as well. Yeah. So a big, and again that that fits really nicely into the seasonality. So. Yeah a big message for us last year was that Ireland's the home of Halloween. Nobody knows that, so we go out with that message. Um so again fitting into the the regionality or the sorry the seasonality piece off peak, getting people to, to visit for, for Halloween. Um opportunities definitely around golf. Um, you know, definitely see kind of a growth there. Um and again, kind of niche sustainability, obviously, is is a longer term opportunity for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, again, it's working with our partner and um, agencies on the ground, making sure we have the hotels, the, you know, all these kind of what, what works well is like the quirky, mm-hmm. the tree houses, the glamping, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So that's that's and ha- that's not a, a short trend that has been coming for a few years. Yeah. So the products on the ground and then we get to, to promote it. So there there's some things that, you know, we see coming and then obviously there's Kim and Kanye arrive. So. <laughs> So there's a certain amount we can plan for, but then it's always, um, it's always changing and we'll have to adapt and uh, we'll have to add, always adding, adding more things into the mix. But, uh, no, it's really exciting. And it's, to be honest, it's a, it's a privilege to, you know, have, I've worked in marketing, God, I'm going to know over 15 years and marketed loads of different things. And it's such a privilege to be able to market. Ireland it's, you
0: know, it's, it's I'd say it's a fairly you know it's a fairly thankful task because you know it's a lovely place yeah. a few good places it's an easy it's sell it's <laughs> exactly, exactly. what well, like, well, I can't understand is why everybody's just going there know. all the time like, you know. um, one of the things I was going to ask you was you moved over here to, to Copenhagen in Denmark a year and a half ago or so yeah. right now indeed before we turned the microphones on we were talking about the differences between people here in Denmark and Sweden and Norway and okay yes they're all Scandinavians Nordic region yeah, yeah I get that but they're also quite different does that mean that you have to take either a different or a very different approach in each country in terms of you know the copy that you write the things that appeal to them because certain things appeal across the board the soft yeah. adventure for instance the bit of golf so other things don't you know yeah. is, is that a, a, something that you have to be very aware of yeah
1: definitely so it is and there is a lot like you're saying there's a lot of similarities mm. so like the basis of it will be very similar but then we know from research that there's like um say in Norway they're a little bit more into the music and you know right. that's more of a hook for them and um, Swedish are maybe more of a leisurely city break yeah. so it's just slightly we call them nuances so it's slight yeah. different nuances but overall the messaging will be very similar um, and then depending on um, you know the opportunity so if we get we actually did um, in Denmark here we did uh, we filmed uh, Farmer Seeking, Seeking Love it's a, a show here so yeah. uh, depending on you know the market itself that's obviously an opportunity here but it's not an opportunity for the rest of the market so there'll be mm. nuances and then there'll be market specific activity and similar to golf like golf is Denmark and Sweden primarily a mm. little bit in Norway and Finland but we have to kind of prioritize and, and change the messaging slightly
0: well that's the thing if you're playing golf in Norway there's an extremely good chance your <laughs> ball is going to wind up in a feud and nobody wants to see that you know it sounds to me Emma, like you have a, a like I a, have sort of a great deal of, of flexibility in what you do so it's not like somebody in Dublin is sitting going here, you want go do this and come back and tell me how it went, kind of thing. Yeah. You seem to have. I mean, does that get? That must be very satisfying to have that sort of creative freedom to do things. Isn't yeah,
1: it? it's amazing and it's brilliant. And I think you know Dublin and um, our massive, massive support and they kind of you know lead the strategies to say this new campaign and um, all the assets. You know they do a lot, a lot of the hard work. But we might be like, no, that's you know that would work better in in Sweden. Maybe we'll leave this one. So it's really getting that variety. And they're
0: okay. with you go? No, no, not that. Not not right here you know yeah. yeah no because
1: it cause some things will work in the states yeah. You know, it's very different and we'll be involved. And also there is um, on a practical level, like say in, in Norway in particular, we have to be very careful about showing alcohol. There's mm-hmm. kind of nuances like that as well. Um, but no, it's a real it's a real team effort. But we do have, um, I'm trying to think of an example now, like um, obviously the, the Vikings yeah. show is, is really popular here on Netflix. It was filmed in Wicklow. Um, so that's not going to be as popular in the States. Yeah. So the Viking, we're like, yes, we're going to go for this one because this will work with our market. We're all there's, in yeah, on Yeah, that. we're all in on this. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) we perform the best (laughs) so it really is there's kind of an overall strategy there's overall kind of points during the year like all the markets will will be pitching uh home of halloween for october but it's like at what level do we do you know is is it not feasible for um australia you know they they're at a different level they don't really you know it's it's kind of prioritizing within the market and i think it's really important to have people here on the ground working with uh, everyone here, you know, all our trade partners, mm. you know, getting feedback from them. Oh, no, Halloween might not work, but maybe New Year's Festival, mm. you know, kind of being mm. on the ground, but a massive, um, a massive, a lot of the work and kind of asset creation comes from, from Dublin. Yeah.
0: There's like lad called Brian Burns, uh, who lives up in Stockholm, and he reclaimed Sauen, as we were calling it at the time, and, and did a brilliant show. And yeah. now all of a sudden, Halloween is a thing in Sweden, yeah. which wasn't 10 or 15 years ago, yeah, and kids fantastic. knocking on your door and this kind of thing. So yeah. Brian Burns from County Wicklow, fair play to you, son.
1: Fair play, Brian.
0: <laughs> Can we, can we round off just by. Now, this is always awful when you ask somebody from Tourism uh, I No,
2: what? Now,
0: I just wanted to ask you some of your own personal favourite places. Can you even say to me, you know, like Castletown Bear and that kind of thing? Or do you have to go, ah, oh, no, it's all great? Because otherwise you will just be fired but into it's the sun It is all great. <laughs> All of it is brilliant All
1: of it is fantastic oh. And everyone should visit
0: And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. go do all the things And the golf and the fishing yes. And the whole lot Whatever Colin Farrell says <laughs> is One of my favourites And it was one of the One of the happiest mornings A Saturday morning I ever had Was with that chap Pelle Bloom, And we drove west mm-hmm. And we drove through Galway And out to Spittle. And where the Waterboys recorded Fisherman's Blues and Room to Parts of Room to Rome and that kind of thing, because I stood on that beach as a kid in the Great mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I have a friend that I made in Sweden. I bring in, I said, this this it and say, "This is it. This is my yeah. Ireland right here. That's where my heart was full of Ireland." W- where is your I'm heart? i
1: you of of up Ireland? now for the campaign. Sponsored <laughs> <to> a podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I, what brings me to? I think uh, I have a special girl for the West as well. Yeah, uh, Kerry. Um, absolutely beautiful Like any part of Kerry's Shame they don't speak English But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely beautiful we ha- I had a family home, It was uh, two years ago In Waterville okay. It was during the heat wave And I I know I'm a little bit biased But there is nowhere else In the world It was tropical It was beautiful mm. um, So definitely Kerry Ring of Kerry area But also um, Galway I also have family In the Iron Islands And that's a very oh, special Very special part of the world um, So kind of that west Um, I think fills my heart with Ireland.
0: Where should we send people? right? The listeners to this podcast in Sweden and around the world is yep. a few knocking around as well. When somebody says to, to us "All right, where should I go in Ireland? What should I do? Now obviously we're going to tell them the places that we love and where we're from but where does Tourism Ireland want us to send them? Is it Ireland.com? Is it your social media? Now is the time to make our pitch girl. Okay. Here we yeah, go.
1: <laughs> <so laughs> if you follow us on Discover Ireland Nordics so that's a Nordic specific um, Facebook page mm-hmm. uh, and also Ireland.com so you'll get all it's really great though. So i only relaunched um last year or, or 18 months ago so you get all the details there's like ideas for all the different regions there's trip ideas so you can say you know there's a three-day surfing trip on the west there's a four-day trip around the um the causeway coastal route there's a three-day foodie trip so there's loads of really great ideas and even if you don't do the exact trip you know it really gives you an idea and um, I think as well people it's hard to get a grip or to you know the timings and how long it takes to drive everywhere so things like those itineraries give people a good idea oh it's not that far um, from, from A to B um, yeah so check out Ireland.com and yeah
0: check out Ireland.com keep an eye out for them. Keep, keep an eye out for follow Irish. us on
1: Facebook <laughs> and <laughs> and every
0: single chance you get tell everybody tell you know <laughs> how magical a place Ireland is yes. Emo, thanks so much for talking to me
1: thank you it's been lovely have you booked that trip to Ireland yet?
0: Press the green button and visit the island of Ireland. SeeIreland.com. Lads, you just can't go wrong with the cash jig. Now they did drop a couple of notes out it wouldn't be the way that I like to hear the bell Brian Burns and Lockie and and uh, and Brian Friel playing it, but it'll do me as soon as you stick the old cash jig on, you've got me gold. Whatever you want me to do, play that jig, and I shall be right behind you. You'll be like the Pied Piper for the big fella. That is almost it for the week. But just before we go, um there's been it's been a bit of a sad time lately for the Irish community here in Stockholm, and not in any major way. It's not like the passing of Kevin Higgins a few weeks ago. Nothing that tragic. But sometimes good things come to an end. We have a lot of people in the community who work for Ericsson. And unfortunately their most recent uh, annual report caused them to go into a little bit of retrenchment. Which means that they end up cutting back a lot on the people that they have here in this country. And of course when you have so many Irish people working there. That is going to affect the Irish community here. And there's one person in particular that it affected that I would like to lift up. And that is Owen Sheedy. Owen has been here on and off for many, many years now. I think the first time I was in touch with him he was beyond in Poland, working over there, very involved in the setting up of the GA over there and he came over here and he was very, very helpful. He's a member of the committee of the club over here. He's a qualified referee. He refereed football tournaments. Uh, he started and kept the Viking Gales going on there. A tremendous hurler himself. Great goalkeeper. But also a great centre forward. Moved up uh, the field when he had the chance here with the Viking Gales. And it was the kind of guy who'd do absolutely anything for the club and for the people around him. A great a bundle of energy and a bundle of joy. And you'd see him on occasion in there having a few pints at it Was A great crack to be had there. Now it's no, it's no secret to myself and Owen didn't always see eye to eye about things especially when we were involved in the committee there Uh, there was a few barnies and there was a few angry words that were had but you know what the man was more or less like the brother I've always wanted a fantastic fella to have around the place you're going to fall out with people you're not going to agree with things you're going to look at things differently you can't have a fella uh, from Ogonolo down there below in the countryside and a fella from Dublin agreeing about everything the world wouldn't work at all if that was to happen but I'm very sad to say that uh, he had his going away due last night the 25th of March in Veersum's pub there in Gamlaston. Uh, and now he is heading back to Ireland because his contract at Ericsson has come to an end and unfortunately it's not going to be renewed. I really, really hope that because Owen is an independent contractor, that in a few months, you know, maybe three months, four months, six months, when things have improved for that business, that we see on Facebook or that we see somewhere on his social media that Owen is in fact coming back to us here in Stockholm. It's happened before. He went home for a short period and he'll be coming back again. And if he doesn't, uh, there will always be a place for Owen in Stockholm. As I say, a a fantastic man for the GAA and particularly for the Stockholm Gales. Coach teams did absolutely everything. Uh, Won games, lost games, all always had a, a great attitude to the whole thing it was fantastic to have him around I want to wish him all the best I want to thank him publicly for everything that he has done for the club and to say that uh, we really hope that uh, we see him back here in Stockholm at some point in the near future and I know a lot of the lads who played Gaelic football when he was coaching them and a lot of the hurlers like Declan Graham who no longer lives here and left here many years ago uh, still have a very soft spot in their hearts for home because he's a wonderful bloke even if he drove me up the walls on occasion but I'd much rather have him here in Stockholm and in my corner than going back to ireland so he is a loss to the community here and of course for the older members of the community and for, for some of the female members of the community organized a set dancing which is so popular there and which came to a halt just around the pandemic time i think they've had one or two little sessions ever since but a brilliant guy to have around and he will be sorely missed here in stockholm lads i am warden out from the talking right after the eight hours of commentating on the fishing and the two triathlons and all this last time work and everything else like that so i'm going to call it quits uh, for this week's podcast fascinating podcast coming up next week. Another key organisation in the community. I met Grace O'Malley the other day for a serving of Spuds and sill, and we talked about writing and we talked about drama and we talked about the upcoming production of Dancing at Lunasa and all of that will be in your ears in about a week's time. But for now I want you to look after you as ourselves. I want you to look after one another and listen in next week again for another episode of the Irish in Sweden podcast. And sure Jesus wouldn't hurt one bit if you're to share it and to say to the lad or the girl working beside you hear this fella does a podcast every week have a listen to it you might enjoy it and show one way or another we'll be back in a week mm-hmm.